Hey, everybody. It's Kai Rizdahl. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Corner Office Podcast. My guest today is a woman I met up with last week in a restaurant. Hey, I'm Kai. Nice to see you. How are you? <laughs> Good to see you. In Manhattan, 44th Street, just off of Broadway, New York City. I want you to tell me who you are and where we are. Okay. I'm Eva Price. I'm a Broadway producer. And we are in Sardi's, which is a famed Broadway restaurant known for its lunch and dinners and post-work bar. Home of the Tonys, right? Um, Is this where they started? Yes. Yes. (laughs) You do. Sardi's is also known for the hundreds of caricatures of theater celebrities hanging up on the wall. I was just, I was actually just looking at how many I could identify and it's not really very How are you doing? Terrible, terrible. I got Liz Smith, I got Carol Burnett, and I got uh, Neil Patrick Harris. That's it. Liz Smith is a good one, though. Yeah, it looks exactly like her. That's how you know. Odds are that Eva Price is going to have a character of her own up there someday. Do you know what the qualifications are to have uh, gotten a caricature here? Well, I think it's a mix of you had to make some sort of mark on the Broadway season. It doesn't hurt to have an interesting set of features. She's a Tony Award-winning producer, 18 Broadway credits to her name, including the edgy new version of Oklahoma that won the Tony this spring for Best Revival of a Musical. So, after we got tired of trying to identify the celebrities on the wall... I suppose Laura Linney? Michael Douglas up on top there? Yes. Right? We got to talking. We're expecting you. Won't you have a seat? Ready to go to work? Does it ever get old, you saying that you're a Broadway producer? Never. Not yeah. once. Sometimes yeah. I get sheepish because I'm... Come on. You're like a Tony Award-winning Broadway producer. I know, but I feel like if I say it, people will be like, sure, and I'm a mime and a juggler. Like, <laughs> like it just ki- kind of sounds ridiculous. Um, it, it has been, uh, what, 15-ish years that you've been doing this? Yeah. My first Broadway credit was in 2006, so I, I'm at 13 years Bat mitzvah age. For real? And <laughs> Is there a ceremony now? <laughs> and uh, yeah, in 2020, it will be sort of the, the 15th year since I began. I, I, I was working at ABC News when yeah. I started theater producing, and I was and, there And you just quit, right? You wanted to, you wanted to do theater? Because why? Um, why? One of the things I said to my parents mm-hmm. when I told them I was leaving my six-figure year job at ABC yeah, News right? and a career. And your parents were like, oh, my God. Um, I don't want to wake up in 20 years and maybe die and find out I didn't take a chance doing this thing that I always wanted to do. So though most producers that I knew were 20, 30 years older than me, there's no guarantee I was going to get there. So why not do it then? at 26 years old, and give it a shot. Day in, day out. What do you do? <laughs> I, it sounds like a flip question, but, I, you know. I'm laughing because I mean, it's a like, great question. My mother asks the same question. <laughs> um, I equate it a little bit to the CEO of a company. So it's big picture. It's everything from raising the money and acquiring the rights to the show you want to do to having a vision for how it should exist. And that doesn't mean down to how it should exist on the stage in detail. That's the director's vision. But it's your vision that says this property matched with this artist for this audience is something that I want to make happen. Is this a good time to be a Broadway producer? It's a good time to be 
my kind of Broadway producer. Explain that a little bit. I think it's harder to be a Broadway producer now. You are competing with more networks and studios and major organizations, major money for theaters and for properties because look at the game. You know, Disney is a major figure here, Warner Brothers, Fox. Well, well, so look, you go outside and there's a thing for Frozen and Lion King, right? And you've got Disney money behind all of that. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, right. Tootsie. Yep, yep. It's true. And then on top of that, I just saw a thing for Wicked, which I think I saw on Broadway like 15 years you ago. You did, 2003 at open. 2003. So there, there's only you know X number of theaters, and Wicked's not leaving. Hamilton's freaking never leaving, right? So you don't physically have enough space to put your shows. Yeah, you forgot The Wizard over on 42nd Street. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's not going anywhere either. Yeah. So it's harder. It's harder because you're right. The real estate is finite, and I actually believe to a degree – the audience is finite. The good news is that the people who may buy a ticket to Broadway is increasing. Thank you to Hamilton mm-hmm, and thank mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. to Harry Potter and mm-hmm. thank you to Frozen, right? And the reason why I think it's a good time for me to be a Broadway producer, my kind of Broadway producer, A, I can stand out. I'm different than every competitor we just named. I'm not a studio. I'm not Rupert Murdoch. But I also think it's a good time because the work I want to be doing is specific. I want to be telling urgent, emotional stories. And I think we're in a time right now where audiences need that catharsis. How do you know when there's a, a, a property or an idea or a play or a show that you want to do? How do you know? I feel it. I, I know that sounds really no, woo-woo. <laughs> really really even fake but it's not it is a blood coursing through my bones kind of feeling it is a punch in the gut kind of feeling slightly coupled with if someone else produces this i will be very jealous Mm -hmm. of them (laughs) it is all of those emotions wrapped up that tell me this is the one to do so you went to see what is now your revival of oklahoma the very first time. Tell me about that experience. Um, I got an email from a, a casual friend, acquaintance, and he said, spoiler alert, there, I just saw this production of Oklahoma at Bard College. It is like no production of Oklahoma I had ever seen. I closed that email and I said, now that's an Oklahoma I'm interested in seeing. Huh. So for my birthday, my, huh. my girlfriend and I, I convinced her she was not a fan of Oklahoma. had never seen a production of it. Got in the car, drove two hours north, saw this production, and I could not believe that I had just seen Oklahoma. And this one is, for those who aren't familiar, it's dark and it's different and it's, it's ed- right, edgy? Can you say edgy? You can say okay. edgy, right, cutting okay. edgy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But you had to get the rights, and I want you to tell me the story of how you got the rights to the show, because this is, I mean, it's the classic, classic American Broadway musical. Yeah, it's actually called uh, One of the Big Five, which is how the estate refers to their top five. The the Roger and Hammerstein estate? Yeah. Yeah. So it was was not on their radar that this was going to go to Broadway. It was not the plan. But uh, I called, and I called, and I called. (laughs) 
T- tell me about taking the train. Though, right? <laughs> you, you change your travel plans to get on the same train with this there, guy? There, the the, there is a rumor that I may have changed my travel plans. It's, I will say this. I did not change my travel plans, but I made sure. I, so I was in Chicago, and maybe I got up a little earlier to catch that train, but I knew he was going to be on it. Came upon him surprisingly on the train, <laughs> wink, wink, and explained why I felt I needed to produce this production of Oklahoma and why classic American musicals meant so much to me that I would handle it with care and respect and love. So this Oklahoma is different, right? It's really different. Um, and the catch, of course, is that people who go to see Oklahoma on Broadway are thinking Gordon McRae and Oh, What a Beautiful Morning and yay, everything's fine. And that's not this. How do you or do you have to educate your prospective audiences? Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we feel it's imperative on every show I produce that audiences have some idea of what they're getting into. Otherwise, they're the wrong audience. And it's false advertising. I mean, like any business, you need to prepare your consumer for what they're going to experience and go through and buy. So with our Oklahoma, we wanted both fans of the property as well as new people to the show to understand that this was an Oklahoma for today's America. Because the Oklahoma you're describing that people see around the country and that has existed with Gordon McRae and others is from 1943. Mm -hmm. Written about Americans in 1907. (laughs) And the storyline, the relationship arcs are still very present today. So the fact that guys in 1943 were writing about people in 1907 that was speaking to 2019, that felt like the best marketing tool. Never mind would it solve all the other problems that might arise for an audience that didn't know what they were getting into. It was the right message. So we made sure that people knew that this was for today's America, that the funny is there and that the sexiness that can occur between uh, a girl and a guy going for each other was there and that the music, the glorious score that we all have known and loved for 76 years was all there. The farmer and the cowman being friends, that was all going to be there. (laughs) But the lens to which you were seeing the show had a contemporary and timeless feel. And those were the things that we wanted people to know about because we thought they would enjoy it more. You have uh, a reputation as somebody who can find, um, and I mean this not pejoratively, right, in the corporate sense, but you can find efficiencies that will generate, will help generate return for your investors. And, and you have a remarkable success rate in getting investors their money back. Um, how do you do that without being cutthroat and, and um, penny-pinching? There is a lot of waste that can exist in every industry. I've tried very hard to not just do something because that's how it's done. So, um, you know, I, I take on many roles internally. You know, I, some, I often act as my own marketing director or as I have my office help with the bookkeeping or the chief financial duties on my shows. It feels 
sort of like the way one should run a business because I didn't go to business school and learn any other way. (laughs) I'm either making the mistakes in doing that or I'm making the right choices. I'm not going to ask you to speak for all of American theater, but I'm going to ask you to speak for all of American theater uh, because you're somebody now, right? And you're on the board of governors of the theater league, right? Broadway league. Broadway league, right? Um, So, you know, you matter. Um, I need you to tell me why Broadway matters. Mm. Um, Broadway matters so much, Kai. It matters because it is, I think, the last, if not one of the last places where human beings don't have screens in their hand or in front of their face, can actually consume an art form while connecting not only to the art in front of them, but can connect to the thousand people sitting in the same room with them at the same time. And so Broadway matters for the furthering of creative excellence, but I honestly believe for the furthering of humanity. Eva Price, thanks a lot. Thanks, Kai Rizdahl. It's a pleasure. No, truly, it was mine. That was it, my conversation with Broadway producer Eva Price on how she thinks about what she does. Thanks so much for listening. The Corner Office Podcast is produced by Bridget Bodner. This episode by Maria Hollenhorst. Marketplace on the radio is produced by Nancy Fargali. Satar Nieves is the executive director of On Demand. Deborah Clark is the senior vice president and general manager. I'm Kai Rizdahl. Another episode for you in a couple of weeks. I want to be a producer with a hit show on Broadway. I want to be a producer. Lunch at Sardi's every day. I want to be a producer, sport a top hat and a cane. I want to be a producer and drive those chorus girls insane.